I want to we give God all the glory and all the honor. Are you thankful to be in the church here today? Hallelujah. Let's give Jesus glory. Hallelujah. We bless you today. We worship you. Hallelujah. There's no better place in all the world to be than in church on Sunday morning. God, I give you the glory. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. So thankful to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. To be with God's people. Amen. I want to uh, say what an honor it is for my wife and I to be here. Amen. We're thankful for the invitation and the opportunity. You know, when Pastor Mayo texted me, he said, can you stay over? Um, you know, you get busy as a pastor and you got a lot of things going on. And, uh, you know, I would never miss an opportunity to minister back to the place that ministered to me. And so I said, you don't even need to ask. Yes, sir. And uh, so thankful to be in this place. So glad that my beautiful wife could be with me and uh, love her very much. Can I just tell all the young men in waiting, if you wait for the right one, you get the best one. Amen. And uh, also want to give honor to Pastor and Sister Mayo and uh, love them very much. I would not be here today if it was not for them. And I give them great honor. I also want to honor the saints of Cornerstone. Amen. Why don't you give yourselves a hand? Amen. Now, I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for this church. I was lost, depressed, suicidal as a young teenager, and God brought me to this church. Now, I wasn't here. <laughs> you know, the greatest compliment I could ever give this church is that I've come back many times in the last couple years, and I thank God for the faces I recognize. Amen. I'm glad you're still in church. I'm glad you're still loving Jesus, but you know, the greatest compliment I can give this church is there's a lot of you I don't yet know. Amen. I want to tell you, that's a sign of a revival church that is continuing to love people back to life. I want to tell you, church, that's our mission. You just keep finding one after another, after another, after another. You keep loving them back into the kingdom. Love them back to life. Love them all the way to the arms of Jesus. And everybody said amen. I also want to give honor to our church, Apostolic Revival Center of Carson City, Nevada that this November we are celebrating five years of pastoring and I thank God for them, every saint of God. Amen. And without any further delay, I want to get the word of the Lord. Amen. The book of Matthew chapter 13, verse 44. I want to do my best to bless this congregation and to encourage this congregation forward in the kingdom. And hopefully this will be a blessing to you today. really feel like over the last several years, God's been just putting a revelation in my spirit surrounding these verses like this. And I want to do my best to share my burden and uh, to be a blessing to you here today so you can leave different. I also want to say it's so good to see so many guests and visitors in the house of the Lord. Amen. Let's give them a big cornerstone welcome. Amen. If this is your first time or your 5,000th time, welcome home. Amen. Welcome home. Matthew chapter 13, verse 44. Just a couple verses of scripture. The Bible says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto treasure. The kingdom is like treasure hid in a field, the which when a man hath found, he hideth and for joy. Everybody say joy. He thereof goes and selleth all that he has and buyeth that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a merchant man seeking goodly pearls. This is a pearl merchant. Who, when he had found one pearl of great price, he went and sold all that he had and bought it. Amen. A lot of people have thought these are two parables that are the same story. But I'm going to preach they're two different parables. And I want to preach to us on this subject here today. Mutual fascination. Mutual fascination. Would you set down your Bibles and lift up your hands here today as we call upon the name of the Lord and ask that God would help us here today. Lord, we love you. We thank you today. We thank you for the kingdom. 
We thank you for your word. We thank you for your presence that we feel. I pray, God, that before this service is out, that you would fill people with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, God, that you would do a work in this place. God, send us all home blessed and favored in the wonderful name of Jesus. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise one more time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated for a few moments here today. Amen. Mutual fascination. Jesus is known as the parable teacher. He would use these parabolic stories much like we would use a fairy tale. And although your kids might love the fairy tale, that fairy tale was written because it's trying to explain some deeper meanings of life that are found inside of that story. And it's so easy for the child and even the adult to remember. If I were to ask you to quote a couple of them, you might be able to here today, even though maybe it's been 25 years since you heard one or said one. This is exactly why Jesus, the Bible said, would only speak in parables. Jesus was trying to make sure that it got lodged in the minds of men and by getting lodged in the minds of men, eventually it would trickle down, amen, into the heart of man. In Matthew chapter 13, Jesus gave several parables about the kingdom. He says that the kingdom is likened unto the sower and the seed. The kingdom is likened unto the wheat and the tares. The kingdom is likened unto the mustard seed and the leaven, the treasure and the field, the merchant and the pearl, amen, and the net and the fish. In each of these, we learn a valuable lesson about the kingdom and ultimately about the king. I just want to take a moment and remind you here today that when you talk about the kingdom, you're talking about the domain of the king. And don't ever get it twisted what it's all about. It's all about Jesus. Can I say that again for somebody in the back? The kingdom is all about Jesus. You might get blessed to be in the kingdom, but don't forget it's not about you and it's not about me. It's about the king. In each of these parables, there are players that you find. There is the king, which we know to be God, or he might be represented as a merchant, or he might be represented as something else, but it's ultimately telling us something about the king of kings. We find that there is an adversary, there is sin, there is something that is blocking and stopping. And then finally, there is humanity found because God has created and made the kingdom of God to be inhabited. Amen. Not by the angels, but by you and I. In our text, we find two separate parables that to the casual observer are seemingly saying the same thing. In both, there is a buyer. In both, there is a seller. And in both, there is a treasure of immense value. So why would Jesus tell the same story in two different ways? It's because, in my opinion, they are not the same story. They are mirrors of each other. If, the, if you were to look at the first parable, the treasure in the field, amen, in the first parable, the kingdom is likened unto a treasure that somebody has hidden in a field. And in this field, there is a man that happens by accident to stumble upon this treasure. Amen. I just want to just clear the air and let you know who the Bible's talking about. Amen. The kingdom is likened unto a treasure, and there is a field, and there is a man that is walking through the field. Can I tell everybody here today that we are the man that is wandering through the field? If I were to use Bible terminology, we are the man or the woman that is trespassing in somebody else's field called life. Amen. It was God that gave you and I breath that we might breathe and man became a living soul. We are the ones that are wandering through this life and stumbling through a field that is not ours. Amen. And as we 
we are haphazardly going through life, uh, amen, we stumble upon the greatest treasure of all. Amen. I want to just tell somebody the kingdom of heaven is like unto a treasure. Amen. This parable is trying to show us something about the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Can I tell somebody here today that that treasure is none other than Jesus. As you stumble through this life, as you walk through this life, as you trespass, as you fall, as you fail, I just want to remind somebody that there's still a treasure in this field that you can stumble upon. Can I preach to every man, woman, and child? You might have stumbled through life and fell and made mistakes, but the greatest place you can ever fall into is the church of the living God. The greatest thing you can ever fall into is fall into Jesus. Hallelujah. Can I preach to somebody here today? Uh, if we are astute, uh, we will recognize the value of the treasure that others through life have overlooked time and time again. Some of you are here today. You are the only one in your family uh, that has seemingly found the treasure. And they look at you like you're crazy. Why are you going to that church? Uh, why are you going not just once but multiple times a week? Uh, why are you giving your time, your talent, your treasures? Uh, you mean to tell me that you're getting involved they think you're absolutely nuts and that's because all they can see is the field all they can see is discarded territory all they can see is a, is a no trespassing sign but brothers and sisters if you're astute you'll recognize what everybody else sees a field you see a treasure <laughs> hallelujah and I'm going to preach about this for a little while Amen. When we came into this truth, we found a treasure that we recognize. If you're smart, you realize that you can never afford it. You can't pay for Jesus. You can't afford Jesus. Amen. You couldn't afford one drop of his blood, and neither could I. Uh, we couldn't afford the treasure outright. We couldn't afford Jesus outright. And so like the man, uh, we did something as crafty and sneaky as we could. We hid it. Hallelujah. Because if everybody sees a burnover field, that's all they're ever going to see. Uh, and so uh, if I can hide the treasure inside of my heart, uh, if I can hide the treasure, I can then go and sell whatever it takes uh, to make sure that I can purchase the entire field. Uh, can I preach to somebody about the treasure called Jesus? Uh, you and I bought it in at the greatest discount. Uh, amen. Let me tell you about this discount. Uh, it'll cost you everything. What kind of discount is that, Brotherhood? I'll tell you what kind of discount is that. Uh, amen. If you could recognize how valuable Jesus is, uh, it's more valuable than anything you own. Uh, it's more valuable than anything you could ever do. Uh, there's nobody like Jesus. There's nothing like Jesus. Uh, amen. It might cost you everything, but that's the greatest discount you and I could ever receive. Uh, I want to preach to somebody. Uh, it'll cost you none other than your sin. Uh, it'll cost you none other than your shame. Uh, it'll cost you none other than your guilt. Uh, it'll cost you all your past. Uh, it'll cost you all your mistakes. Uh, and everybody said, what a great deal. Thank you for the treasure. Uh, thank you for the treasure. To everybody else, this man looked foolish. He went out and started selling everything. He sold the house. He sold the farm. He sold the goat. He thought about selling the kids. <laughs> Amen. To buy a property nobody else wanted. But to this man... It was the greatest bargain he would ever find. Amen. Everything he owned was worthless in comparison to this beautiful treasure. Can I preach to somebody? He had to sell everything he had in order to purchase everything the field possessed. Amen. You've got to be willing. If you want to have the treasure, you can't just get the treasure. You've got to get the field as well. I know a lot of people, well, I love Jesus, but I don't like the church. 
Is it all right if I just preach a little while? I like Jesus, but I don't know if I like brother so-and-so, and I don't know if I like sister so-and-so, and I like Jesus, and I'll worship God from home. No, you won't. You'll watch from home. Amen. I've never met anybody that can worship from home. You'll be doing laundry while watching church. You need to be in the house of the Lord. I want to tell you, and I'll preach about the church in a little bit, but you can't have Jesus without buying every rock, without buying every stump, with. Did you know in this field, you might trip over somebody, uh, somebody else might step on your toes, uh, somebody might get in your way, uh, but brother, there's nobody that's like the treasure. It doesn't matter how many stumps, uh, how many rocks, uh, how many times I get offended uh, when you recognize how valuable the treasure is, I'll take it all. Somebody ought to give the Lord some praise. No matter what you got to do, Jesus put it best. The way you get into this kingdom, the way you get the treasure, you got to be born again of water and spirit. That is water baptism in the name of Jesus Christ and the infilling of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. I want to tell you here today, if you haven't yet bought the field, uh, you you ought to do that here today. Hallelujah. If you haven't yet repented of your sins and been baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost, I want to tell you what that is. That's you selling your old life. You get a death certificate in this life, but you pick up a birth certificate in the kingdom of God. You leave your nationality and you get kingdom citizenship and you become an ambassador of the kingdom of heaven. You're just an ambassador of the treasure and the field. You're just an ambassador of Jesus Christ being the chief corner stone. When you go down in water and you come up, amen, speaking in other tongues, you're now part of this thing. Amen. Everybody thought he was crazy. Everybody thought he was, he was losing his mind because he started selling everything. But no matter what you have to sell, no matter what you have to give up to obtain this treasure, I just want to remind somebody here today, Jesus is worth more than it all. Hallelujah. There is no possession that is worth what Jesus is worth. There is no pursuit what Jesus is worth. There is no sin that is worth what Jesus is worth. Can I preach to some people that have been hurt? There is no hurt that is worth what Jesus is worth. There is no bitterness that is worth what Jesus is worth. There is no hang up that is worth what Jesus is worth. Amen. Can I preach to somebody? Amen. Don't lose your fascination with the treasure because you tripped on something in the field. Don't lose your fascination with Jesus just because you stumbled and you fell in the field. The treasure's still valuable. The treasure can I preach to somebody? Uh, the church is still valuable. Uh, Jesus is still valuable. And you got to get rid of your offense. Brother, get rid of it. Uh, you got to get rid of your hang up. Sister, get rid of it. Uh, you got to let go of your pride. Uh, let go of your pride. Uh, because there's nothing more valuable uh, than the treasure. Uh, and you don't get the treasure if you don't sell everything else you got. Uh, you got to get rid of it all uh, to gain it all. Is there anybody that's still fascinated with Jesus? Is there anybody that's still excited to be in church? Is there anybody that's still fascinated with the gospel? Is there anybody that's still fascinated with church? Is there anybody that's still fascinated with singing amen praises? Is there anybody that's still fascinated? I just want to know. You might have been in church five weeks or 500 years, but are you excited? Are you fascinated about the treasure? I think we ought to give God a hand clap of praise all across this building. Oh, somebody ought to give Jesus praise. You ought to give the treasure high praise. Don't let the gold grow dim in your eyes. Don't let the treasure start depreciating in your family. You ought to remind yourself every day, it's a prize to be in the kingdom. It's a prize to be in the church. It's a prize to be hid in Christ. He was fascinated with the treasure. You know, when you're a fanatic, people don't understand it. You're a little weird. I got in church, amen, parents, I love my family, parents doing drugs and all that different stuff, and they didn't care when I was going to the parties, but the moment I started going to church and started getting excited about Jesus, they said, you know, you, better, you ought to be careful. 
You ought to be, you know, you better tone it down a little bit. You know, going to church that many times a week, that's a little weird. Well, hallelujah. But they didn't understand I was fascinated with Jesus. See, they didn't stumble on what I stumbled on. They didn't find what I found. Amen. Can I preach to somebody? I'm still fascinated with Jesus. I still got googly eyes for Jesus. I still, I still got my eye on the treasure. I still got my eye on the prize. I'm still looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of my faith. Amen. It's been 21 years since August 16, 20, amen, 2002, amen, on Broadway and Woodlawn that I came in as a 13-year-old kid, amen, and I experienced something that would change my life forever. I was baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. And can I preach to you, 21? years later, I am more fascinated by Jesus today uh, than I was back then. Uh, I'm more in love with Jesus today uh, than I was 21 years ago. I'm more excited to be in church than I was 21 years ago. Is there anybody here today that feels that way? I'm more passionate about the things of God, the kingdom of God today than I ever was 21 years ago. Is there anybody that's fascinated with Jesus? You ought to give him praise. Here's the cool thing about this, though. I know more about the field than I ever have. I'm, I'm going to get to the good stuff here in a little bit, but just let me, help, let me preach to somebody. I'm more fascinated with the treasure than I've ever been, but I know more about the field than just about anybody else does. I'm not saying anybody in the world, but you know what happens. You start pastoring a little while. You start knowing the field. Is that right, Sister Mayo? <laughs> you start dealing with people on a week-to-week basis, a day-by-day basis, and the people that only come to church once a week and still find time to get offended, that don't know a whole lot about the field, amen, and they start losing their passion and their zeal and their fascination with Jesus because somebody slighted them or didn't shake their hand. I know that doesn't happen around here. It might just be a, it might just be a Nevada thing. I don't know. Uh, but, but, you know, those people that only, they only know a small amount of the field. They only know a small amount of, the, amount of the field. They start getting offended. But, you know, after you pastor a little while and you preach a while and you travel a while, you start seeing the good, the bad, and, yes, even the ugly of all of the things. And you would think that the more you know, the less fascinated you would become. But I've got a remedy for everybody that has become acquainted with church and become acquainted with the field and rub shoulders with a brother or sister that's left the church or rub shoulders with somebody that's got nothing but negative things to say and they've got turned upside down and they've got twisted and they've started losing their fascination with Jesus. I can always tell when people have been, they're starting to lose their fascination because I notice they start spending more time complaining about the field than they do adoring the treasure. Is this all right here today? I can always tell when people are losing their joy and their zeal. It's because they've not spent enough time with the treasure. I want to just give you the secret and the key to never losing your fascination with Jesus. When somebody offends you, go talk to the treasure. When somebody rubs you wrong, go spend time with the treasure. When you see things that you don't like, don't gossip about it, complain about it. Why don't you go just spend some time with the Go spend a little time with Jesus and you'll get your zeal back and you'll realize it doesn't matter what's in this field as long as the treasure's in this field. Doesn't matter what I don't like as long as the treasure's in this field. As long as my family's got the treasure. Somebody ought to give him praise. Somebody ought to give him praise. If you ever start getting tired with the field, just step on the other side of the field where the treasure is and remind yourself Jesus is valuable. The church is valuable. The kingdom's valuable. Oh, somebody all lift up your hands all across the building. You, gotta, you can't ever lose your fascination because this is a mutual fascination. You got to be so in love with Jesus. You know, I'm more in love with my wife today than I was when I married her. She's more beautiful to me today than she was when I married her. She's like a fine wine. She gets better with age. Praise God. That's just how you should feel about Jesus. Is this all right? Amen. 
I know you got a beautiful building, and thank God for it. this is a lot of hard work, and there's people that'll show up, and they don't they don't remember where it came from, amen. But but and they'll be so excited, and you you know if you're not careful, you'll get to the place where yeah, I've seen it all. Brother, you, you just got to spend a little more time with the treasure because you'll start noticing things about the treasure you, you didn't realize at the beginning. And you start getting more fascinated the deeper you go into the treasure. And you'll start learning things about God that you never thought possible when you go further into the treasure. This man was so fascinated. He sold everything. Everybody thought he was, he was crazy. He lost his mind. Uh, but you got to understand, uh, he loved Jesus. Is there anybody in the house that loves Jesus? I want to tell you, the Bible commands us uh, that we are to love the Lord God with all of our heart, uh, with all of our mind, uh, with all of our strength. Uh, It is a commandment uh, that we love God. Uh, We need to love the treasure, even sometimes in spite of the field. Uh, Don't ever lose your love. Uh, This is why in Revelation chapter 2, amen, he told the church, uh, don't lose your first love. Uh, And when you've lost your first love, uh, you got to go back to your first love love. If you ever stop losing, start losing your fascination and your adoration of Jesus, go back to what you did when you first got saved. If you haven't read your Bible, amen, in a couple weeks, and that's what got you in love with the Word, go back to the Word. If you haven't prayed in a while, and that's what started your love for Jesus and just communication, I would encourage you to go and pray about it. If you come to church, but you haven't been to church in a while, I want to tell you, there's nothing like coming to church and worshiping God together that'll stoke the flames of love if you've never shared the gospel with somebody if you never told somebody about the treasure you'll start devaluing the treasure but brothers and sisters if you can go back to the actions and the first works and love Jesus amen I want to tell you you'll keep your fascination. We are to love God. We are to be fascinated with Jesus. And I believe there's people in this house, I believe you are fascinated with Jesus. You wouldn't be here on a Sunday morning if you weren't fascinated with Jesus. Amen. I know people in this church, you are, you are in love with God. In the first parable, amen, we found that the kingdom is like hidden treasure that a man stumbles upon by accident. That's how some of us were. We walked in the church, but we didn't know we were walking into the church. Somebody invited us, and they tricked us. Amen. Some of y'all are here today and you thought, they tricked me. Well, welcome to the treasure. Praise God. But in the second parable, it's a mirror. The kingdom is not a pearl. The kingdom is not being likened to the treasure. The kingdom is likened unto a pearl merchant. A merchant that went looking for pearls. The first, amen, parable, the kingdom is the treasure. In the second, the kingdom is the merchant. The first is about finding the treasure, but the second parable is about being the treasure that's found. In the second parable, I want to just get that, get it out there for somebody here today. In the first parable, we're the man that stumbles in. We weren't necessarily looking for it, but God planted it right in our path. And somehow, some way, we found our way into church. We weren't looking for it, but we're sure glad we found it. But in the second parable, we are the pearl, and Jesus is the merchant. Amen. And unlike the man that accidentally stumbled upon the treasure, I want to preach about the merchant for a little while. The merchant didn't stumble upon you. The merchant didn't come to your life by happenstance or by accident. The merchant went looking for a pearl. He had an intention. Well, brother, I just stumbled in after going to the bar. I want to tell you, he hid the treasure in the field, but he went looking for you while you were still on the bar stool, and he went searching for you. This pearl merchant was looking for pearls. Pearls are a unique treasure, much like snowflakes, none of them are the same. Unlike precious stones that form in the earth, pearls are created when a piece of sand or an organism slips into an oyster or another mollusk. 
This debris quickly becomes an irritant to the oyster, and the oyster starts taking action to fix the pain. And despite despite the smallness of the issue, this oyster cares enough to stop the pain. And in the process, it creates something new from the old. It is a process of adding layer upon layer until the creation becomes a smooth, uh, amen, uh, new substance. Uh, Over and over again, layer upon layer of smooth brilliance. Uh, With each step, uh, the irritant grows inside, uh, in size, uh, and it is remade, uh, and it hurts the oyster a little less. uh, Because the oyster took the irritant, uh, reworked it until it was smoother and rounder. Uh, Amen, I want to just tell you, that debris, came into the oyster. It came in by accident. It came in by happenstance. Amen. But that that oyster took it and it took the pain and it took the wound. And if I could preach to somebody, amen, as best as I can describe it, that secretion is much like the oyster's blood started covering that debris amen, that was seemingly useless and pointless. And it started covering it line upon line, precept upon precept, layer upon layer, with a little more of its blood. Can I preach to somebody about Jesus? You came into the church by accident and you came in broken and busted, but Jesus layer upon layer is going to cover you and rework you and make you, amen, something of value. Can I preach to somebody? The pearl merchant is looking for pearls. He's looking for something that at one point had no value, but because it allowed itself to be reworked, but because it allowed itself to be covered and to be made new, Jesus said, I'm looking for that. Amen, I'm looking to purchase that. This pearl that was at one point useless and pointless and insignificant in value is now gone from worthless to potentially millions of dollars. Amen. Can I preach to somebody? Sin is the debris that entered into our world. It caused pain and death. But God adds layer and layer upon of his blood and his word layer upon layer to cover our sins and to make us new. Now we are no longer recognized by what came into our lives, but we are recognized by what Jesus did to cover us. I already preached about it a little bit, but don't forget the debris that you were before Jesus got a hold of you. Don't forget that we were just floating through life. We didn't know what was happening, but God saw it fit to bring you into this church. God saw it fit to bring you into this house. God saw it fit to bring your family here, and it was here that God said, I'm going to rework you. It was here that God said, I'm going to put your marriage back together. It was here where God said, I'll take the old broken thing, and I'll make it new. I'll take what was worthless, and I'll make it intrinsically valuable. Somebody ought to give him some praise here today. Can I preach to somebody what Jesus does? He'll make you a new creation in Christ. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. If you'll let Jesus cover you layer upon layer in the waters of baptism and fill you with the Holy Ghost, that little broken piece of seashell now becomes something valuable, now becomes something incredible. But you got to let Jesus cover. you got to let Jesus rework. And this merchant was looking for pearls. He went looking for this valuable object. Notice how the Bible says he wasn't looking just for debris, but he was looking for debris that had been covered. Amen. Jesus put it best in Luke 5 and 31. This is what his desire is. They that are whole have no need of a physician. He's looking for, I mean, he's not just looking for debris that'll float through. He's looking for debris that'll be willing to, to get worked on and get covered. Amen. He's Amen. There's a lot of broken people in the world, and they'll just keep floating by in life. And Jesus would love to save them, but they just want to keep floating by. But there's something about that piece of debris that finds itself inside the oyster that is willing to endure the process, that is saying, whatever it takes, Jesus, work on me. Whatever it takes, God, 
He said, I didn't come to call the sick. He said, he said I didn't come to call, amen, the, the whole. He said, but they that are sick, I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Can I preach to somebody? The pearl merchant went looking for the pearl. And when he finally came upon one, amen, can I preach to somebody? When he finally found the individual that has let their blood, let the blood cover them and let the kingdom of God come into their life and make a new creation out of them. The Bible says, he said, I'll save Sell everything I've got and I'll buy that pearl. Amen. I'll buy that individual. I'll purchase the church. I'll purchase the individual. Can I preach to every pearl in the house of the Lord? You don't know your worth and you don't know your value until the pearl merchant shows up and says, I won't buy it at discount. I'll buy it full price. I didn't come to pay a little bit. I came to pay full price for it. I'm almost done here. The pearl did not know its worth while it was being formed. Ah, I come to preach to somebody. The pearl did not know its worth when it had been given up, when it had been broken, when it had been sold, when it was floating through life. It only realized its value when the merchant came and placed value upon the pearl. Can I preach to you? You and I are the pearl. And I want to just preach to somebody, if you don't know your value here today, amen, notice he was a pearl merchant. He could have said, I'll exchange a couple more pearls and maybe we can make a deal out of this or maybe you can give me a discount. But he said, no, 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 no. He said, I'm going to sell everything that I have because I'm so fascinated with this pearl. I'm so in love with this pearl. I don't want a discount. I'll pay full price. Can I preach to somebody? Jesus did not redeem you and I at a discount. Jesus paid full price. Your life was not ransomed, as Peter said, with corruptible things as silver and gold, but with the precious. You know what precious is? That's priceless. With the priceless blood of Christ. I want to just preach to you what your value is and what your worth is. You are priceless to the merchant. You see, it is easy to preach to church and to preach to the church about how we need to love Jesus. And we're good at it. And I already preached it. You need to be fascinated with Jesus. And people are like, yeah, that's right. Because we love, we love somewhere in our heart being told we need to do more. There's this religious side to us that says, you know, you need to work harder. Is this all right? I already preach it. You need to be fascinated with Jesus, but not because you have to, but because he's so fascinating. But I want to just tell somebody here today, the other side of the coin that is a lot harder to receive. It is easy to tell people, love Jesus, Sister Mayo. That's right. Praise God. Every religious organization will tell you, love Jesus. Bumper stickers will tell you, love Jesus. But I want to just preach to somebody for a moment. Jesus loves you. Oh, man, Brother Hood, that's a good bumper sticker. I heard that before. Jesus loves me. All right, let's get to the good stuff. No, I want to tell you, that is the good stuff. That is the good stuff. We are fascinated with the treasure, but I just want to remind somebody, this is a mutual fascination. Well, I love God, and i got to do more so that God knows I love him, and I've I got to act a little more, and I've got I've to I've work and strive a little harder uh, just for Jesus to love me. I want to tell you that's what religion teaches. Uh, religion will teach you do more. I'm not telling you to do less. Uh, I want to tell you when you have a relationship with God, you'll just keep doing as much as you can because you're fascinated. As long as you got your motivation right, you'll keep doing more. But there's people that start from the other side of the coin uh, that they say, I am only loved based on what I do. Uh, I am only loved 
loved based on what I can perform. I am only loved based on how good I am. I am only loved based on how perfect I've been. I am only loved based on, amen, what my status in life is, whether I got a nice house, a nice car. Amen, there's some people, they only think they're valuable, amen, if they're living on the down and out. Amen, because this and this victim culture, that's the only way you move up the ranks. But I want to tell you, if you ever start saying, if I do this, he'll love me, you're wrong. Can I preach to somebody? He's fascinated with the pearl. He's fascinated with you. I'm going to preach it till it gets in your bones. Yes, I know you love Jesus. Yes, I know you love the church. Yes, I know you love the Lord. Yes, I know you love the kingdom. And thank God for it. But before you ever start loving him, I want to remind you what the Bible says. We love him because he first loved us. You are not more fascinated with Jesus than Jesus is fascinated with you. You are not more in love with Jesus than Jesus is in love with you. You and I have never done as much as Jesus has done for us. Last I checked, I never died for him, but he died for me. Last I checked, all I could offer was my brokenness. All I could offer was my sin. All I could offer was my shame. But he offered perfection. But he offered goodness. But he offered all of his body upon that tree. Do you know what you're worth? Do you know what you're worth? You're worth everything. Can I preach to somebody for a little bit about the church? And I'm, talking, I'm not talking about buildings. Thank God for the building. The people is the church that inhabits the building. Amen? Hallelujah. But we think it's always so often that, you know, he, you know, he, he loves brother so-and-so. But he don't love me. I want to tell you, if you live with the wrong idea of Jesus, it will affect how you live. If you live, amen, I want to tell you, I've learned this in the last several years. It's been a revelation that God's been putting in my spirit when working with people, but God has helped me as well. People do not rise to the level of expectations. Nope. They lower to the level they feel loved. Not the way they are loved. See, because if I could ever get you to understand how you are loved, amen, and how valuable you are, amen, you'd recognize this, huh? amen. But, but there are people that they don't rise to the level of expectations you give them. They lower themselves to, well, mom never said that she loved me. And dad never said he loved me, so how could God love me? I want to tell you the Bible says about God that he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. That's an old, old English way of saying he's rich. In fact, the Bible says he's rich in mercy. Hallelujah. Can I just tell somebody, God ain't broke. Praise God. He's got enough mercy for you. He's got enough blood for you. Just because he loves brother so-and-so, sister so-and-so. Amen. I want to tell you, he's got enough love to shed for you. He's got enough blood for you as well. He owns a cattle on a thousand hills. Amen. The Bible says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness are of the world and they that dwell therein. And yet when Jesus came to redeem the church, he did not buy the church. Talking about the people. Talking about you. Talking about for God so loved you and God so loved your world. God did not get a discount. God did not get a deal. In fact, he already owned the world. He already owned the people. And yet it is the only thing in your Bible that the the, bird, the Bible says uh, it is the only thing that God ever purchased. Can I preach to somebody how fascinated Jesus is with you? Uh, you are the only thing he ever paid for. You are the only thing he ever purchased. Uh, he never purchased the mountains. Uh, he never purchased the trees. Uh, he never purchased but he purchased the pearl. Uh, he purchased the people. Uh, he he purchased the drug addict. He purchased the prostitute. He purchased the abused. He purchased the afflicted. He purchased, come on somebody. I want to just tell you, you are not a discount individual. No matter what mom told you. No matter what dad called you. You are a full price pearl. He's fascinated with you. He loves you. He's got his eyes only for you. 
Somebody ought to stand across this building, clap your hands, uh, and give the Lord some praise. Come on. Come on, clap. Not based on how much you love God, but can you clap because you know how much he loves you? Visitor friend, he loves you. He loves you. You are full price. You are worth paying full price for. You are not discount. You are a full price pearl. Somebody lift up your hands. Come on, Cornerstone. This is not a this is a full price people. This is a full price people. Amen. You might be new and say, yeah, yeah, Brother Hood, those are full price people, but I don't know about me. No, 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 no. Welcome to the body. You're full price as well. You're part of the pearl. You're part of the church. And he's, in, he's so fascinated with you. He sold all of himself. You may remain standing. He sold all of himself. Notice this. To purchase all of the pearl. Religion will teach you, hide the bad parts of you. Religion will say, give God your best. But I've come to tell you here today, give God your worst as well. Because he said, I paid it all. And not to buy the best parts of the pearl. He said, I'll buy the nicks. I'll buy the stains. I'll buy the imperfections. I'll buy the, I want to preach to somebody about who you are. Well, God will only love me if I get this together. God will only love, I want to tell you, no. If you start with God will love me if you are wrong. But if you could ever get a revelation about how fascinated he is with you. It's a mutual fascination. I'm sure you love God. You're here today. You want to show God you love him but I just hope today before this service is done you get a revelation of how much he loves you uh, well, well brother Hood, you don't know I've I, I messed up you don't know what I look at late at night I want to tell you he loves you imperfections and all and if you ever get a revelation of how much he loves you uh, internet pornography will not seem as exciting uh, because you would realize uh, I don't need that to feel love I'm already loved If you ever realize how fascinated Jesus is with you, you won't look for love in the wrong places. Ooh, I feel the Holy Ghost. If you can ever realize how fascinated he is, he could never love me. You don't know where I've been. But he does. And he said, I'll still pay full price for you. You don't know what I've been through. You don't know how they abused me. You don't know. You don't know. Amen. I just, I could never be loved. You are loved whether you acknowledge it or not. Here's the best part about all of this. He already paid full price whether you accept it or not. In fact, he paid full price knowing full well he might not even get the pearl. He knew full well that I might die and be buried and rise again, ascend to heaven. And Joe won't even want me. Susie won't even want me. But I still love them. I want to tell you, God is so fascinated by you. I know that's hard to hear. That's really hard to hear. God loves you. You know what you think about in the morning? I want to tell you what God thinks about in the morning. How's Jim doing? How's Evan doing? How's Ryan doing? Come on, somebody. God wakes up. He doesn't slumber or sleep, but if he did, he'd wake up and say, where are they? How are they doing? I want to know, I want to know what's going on in their life. God has got his eye. His eye is ever on the sparrow. He said, you are more valuable than many sparrows. Let me do this first and... This is the biggest lie in religious thought process. I have to get good before I get God. I got I to get stuff together before I come to church. I just come to remind you that church is not a club. It's a hospital. You're in a hospital here today. And we got all the tools and equipment for the Holy Ghost to get you back up and running.
Some might say, well, I found God. It's not quite true. You might have stumbled on the treasure, but you didn't find God. Because no man can come to the Father except the Spirit draw him. And if you love God today, I want to tell you where it originated. Because he first loved you. And if you ever start thinking, I love God so much, and I surely love God more than he'll ever, ever could love me, I want to tell you, amen, he appraises you at the highest and most valuable thing he could ever own. You are a full price pearl. Would you lift up your hands? There is no way you and I will ever be more fascinated with Jesus than he is with us. Brandy, I want to tell you, God loves you. God loves you. I know it's your first time, but I want to tell you, God loves you. And he's got his eye on you. You thought you might have just stumbled in here, but I want to tell you, he loves you. And he's got his eye on you. Would you lift up your hand all across this house? Amen. I want to tell you, church, amen, I know you love God. I know you're fascinated with Jesus, and that's good. But I want to tell you, it's a mutual fascination. And he is so fascinated with you. And he is so in love with you. And if you ever get a revelation of how much he loves you, I want to tell you, all it's going to do is perpetuate the love you have for him. And if you ever get a revelation of how loved you are, Amen. You won't, you won't go to some of the things you've been leaning on and, and the addictions you've been holding on to and, and the things that you, well, I'm just going to look like I got it all together and not really have it all together. And I, I'm just going to get on Instagram and look like I got it all together but not really have it all together. If you would ever realize how loved you are, you wouldn't have to fake it. You, wouldn't need a, you would not need a filter for your life. You would realize I'm loved by Jesus and he's fascinated with me. I want to open up this altar. Would you come down to the front? I'd like everybody to come. If you're visiting here today, I want you to come today because the Bible says the love of God is shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost. And if you have never received the gift of the Holy Ghost, the Bible says that is Christ living on the inside of you. And when you get the Holy Ghost, you might have walked in this building saying, I've not been loved by my mother, my father, my cousin, and they told me I was I was worthless, and they told me I'd never amount to And you might have come here with that, but if you can get filled Holy Ghost because he loves you so much that while you were with while you were without strength while we were yet sinners Christ died for us he wasn't waiting for you to get good he came while you were bad he came when I was messed up because he loved me even when I was broken but if you will lift up your hands God will fill you with the Holy Ghost and you will feel the love of a fascinated merchant like you've never felt you will feel the love of Jesus like you've never felt he is in love with you. He is in love with you. Amen. You're all he thinks about. When he was on the cross, you were all he could think of. You were on his mind. Come on, say to God. Say to God, would you pray right now? I want to tell you, you're loved by God. There's nothing you can do to make God love you more. And there's nothing you'll ever do to make God love you less. Let that bring some security to walk with God.